0: Combat sports fans, it's time for another great edition of Strong Style Impact Media's weekly dive off the top rope into the world of professional wrestling and mixed martial arts. I am your host, Jeremy the Impact York. After a short hiatus last week, that um, some of you already know because you've listened to the uh, the last couple shows we've had, I was a little under the weather. I'm doing better now. I did not test positive for anything. Uh, just uh, a little bit of a head cold, just uh, a decent medium. I'd say a medium case of the sniffles. We'll call it that. But doing good, came out the other side. I hope all of you are doing well. Appreciate all of you who have reached out and sent your uh, warm wishes. And uh, everything definitely appreciate it. I I will be good. Um, now you guys can uh, put your warm wishes on to uh, people with with um, bigger ailments because they they definitely need it. Now, not sure why we took that turn, but we did. Now, tons we're going to get into. Uh, we are going to talk a lot of UFC off the gate. We're going to talk a little PFL as well. We also got to talk some Elimination Chamber, some Bellator, some NXT Vengeance. Majority of the show is just going to be all the great events that have happened or will happen within the last week or so. But first, I want to let you guys know if you would like to be a part of this show, here are the ways you can do so. You can email us by going to. 3endzone at gmail.com that is the blanket email for us here at Impact Media and there is a 99.9% chance I'm the one that responds to your email as some of you have learned that is 3, the number 3 E-N-D-Z-O-N-E at gmail.com you can also search for us on Facebook Impact Media Strong Style or Jeremy York should be able to find our show links and other fun things if you are the kind of person who likes to just click on a link and listen to a show. We appreciate you guys just as well. You can do so by going to our Twitter account, at Team Impact Media. And of course, if you would like to follow myself for show-related links and things and uh, non-show-related things, as I've said, uh, our my experience at Putt Shack a couple weeks ago, uh, there's... Rugby game last weekend. There's another one coming up this Friday. It's the season opener. And uh, just other fun things that that, uh, that we get into here. You can do so by following at TheImpact99 on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram. We are going to start getting a lot more videos up there. I hope you guys enjoy those. Uh, definitely Friday. Look for some post-game video interviews with some of the players Uh, you guys know i love to do those and show those to you guys uh you can also find us anywhere you find a podcast including podcast one spotify the itunes store and uh anywhere you find a podcast and if there are places you regularly find a podcast that you cannot find strong style first off do you even podcast bro second off let us know we will remedy that just as soon as we can hey not everybody has heard of us. That's cool. We'll change that eventually. And also, sometimes the links don't work. Or sometimes you have to reapply the links. So, just let us know. So, as I've said, there is just a ton, ton of uh, MMA action to get into. And then we will uh, we'll get into the wrestling a little later on down the gate so let's talk first let's go all the way back to UFC fight night Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak can't remember if we we'll talked about this one or not but we're gonna talk about it again I don't think we did I think I previewed it uh, but starting right there with the main event Spivak just laid the hammer on Derek Lewis, let's be honest. He laid the hammer on him. Uh, three minutes into round number one, this thing gets stopped because of a submission. He probably could have won on punches. And Derek Lewis is no slouch. He's not even a slouch. There's, he, he's a great fighter. He's a top five fighter. I would put him in the top five without listing everybody out. We're not doing that. You know, we don't do a lot of lists here. Spivak is just doing some incredible things, incredible things, and now you you got to, I mean, clearly he's ahead of Lewis, uh, Not the rankings are the rankings, it, a lot of times they don't matter that much, I would say Spivak is one more solid performance away from a title shot, I, I, I would have to think so. I would have to think so. Sergey is, I mean, man, he, he can lay it on you with the punches and the strikes, or, as Derek Lewis found out, he can make you tap out. Got him with the arm triangle in this one, I mean, he just, it's its incredible, just incredible what, what Sergey can do. So let's go to the big question out of that, what do you do with Derek Lewis? He, I think, has dropped three of his last four or four of his last five. Um, And a couple of them were quick, like this one. I I don't think he's he's lost it, and he's a a lost cause, and we should uh, run him out of the UFC, and he's never going to be good again. Yeah, that's what bad promotions do. UFC's not that. What Derek should probably do, uh, he, like I said, he, he's a top five fighter, he'll probably be, I think he's somewhere outside of the top five now, ranking wise, but once again, the UFC does not, they may use them, but they do not make the ranking system. He should take some other fights, people outside the top five, and with a, a solid performance or so, then you can move him back up into that, and if you move him back up into that at that point, then, then we can proceed from there. Um, he still has value. He, he's a great. He's still a good fighter. He's a great fighter. Let's put it that way. He's he's still a, a great fighter. He still commands attention. People still perk up when they hear Derek Lewis is fighting. Like, oh, is he really? Okay, well, I, I got to watch that. And you know, it started with some of the good performances he had. There was the breakout performance where he famously. I uh, was asked by Joe Rogan, hey, hey, Derek, why why did you take your, your pants off? Right after the fight he did, and he said, uh, uh, my balls are hot. And that's kind of what he's known by, and he, he should be known more for his fighting, but he, he's known as uh, Derek, my balls are hot, Lewis. Uh, he, he not should reinvent or rediscover himself, but I think he should take a minute to regroup. And then try to get a, uh, a solid fight that he can do some, that, that he can really build himself on. And, and here's the thing, is that if you put him against a solid opponent, there's a chance that opponent wins too. Then it gets more interesting. But uh, I wish the best for Derek Lewis. I want him to get another good solid fight. There are some good fights out there for him. And hey. Good luck to Sergei Spivak. That uh, I very much think, I very much think he has a solid chance of being in a title hunt very, very soon. To round out the main card on Lewis versus Spivak, Dawoon Young, Young took on Devin Clark. Devin Clark won by unanimous decision. Devin Clark won that no-brainer there. Unanimous decision for Marcin Tabura over Blagoy Ivanov. Uh, this was a good, solid fight, but Marcin Tabura, yeah, he's he's a, he's a big time heavyweight, and uh, he had a, he had a solid performance. Uh, Duho Choi took on Kyle Nelson, and ended up being a draw, had to do with a point deduction and things like that. Uh, that's fair, and let's let's not do the the dumb thing that people all try to do. And that, of course, is to say, oh, well, if it was a draw, then you just run it back. Nah. I don't know that I necessarily want to see that fight again. Well, I think these guys need to go a different directions. And finally, Yasaku Kenoshita, or Kenoshto. Kinos- I'm getting better at this. Kenoshto. Kanoshita. Took on Adam Fugit. Adam Fugit gets the KO victory the uh, elbows, It yeah, was nasty, they were getting nasty, and Yasuka Konoshka uh, gets the loss in that one, F- fantastic performance by Adam Fugit there, uh, that was late in round number one, he just, he caught uh, Yasaku, let me say that correctly, Yasaku, uh, in a bad spot, and he had enough elbows to where you had to call that one, uh, fantastic there, fantastic. This was the Korean card, by the way, and the and the Asian card that was initially going to be uh, in, I think it was going was it going to be in Korea somewhere over there? And they ended up moving it and making it a fight night. Over, they kept the same time where they could still appeal to uh, the the market they were trying to, but uh, they they definitely even some of the fighters said they definitely need to go to. Korea uh, for the next one. Then that moved us to last weekend's UFC 284: Islam Makachev versus Alexander Volkanovski. Volkanovski coming up from the what featherweight to lightweight, but coming up to face the lightweight champion in Islam. Unanimous decision goes to Makachev or Makayev rather. Islam Makayev, on that one too. Uh, I think that's that's accurate. I, I had Islam winning three rounds. I had Alexander winning two. I very I thought Volkanovsky was bringing it. I thought he had some really, really good moments. And I think he proved he still is the pound for pound number one. Just because the number five on the its pound for pound but this is ridiculous. Anyway. But Volkanovsky is still a bad, bad man. Now he can go back and defend his title at uh, 145. Islam can continue to kick butt and take names in the lightweight division with his belt. Somewhere down the road they want to rehash this, that's fine. I don't want to see the automatic rematch because it would hold up both divisions. And uh, I, I think both fighters proved what they wanted to prove. all the time people are like, oh, but if they run it back, you know, uh, the guy who lost this fight would clearly win this fight, or the guy who won this fight would clearly lose this fight. Well, first off, we don't know that. Second off, neither one of them looked, you know, they didn't look tired, they, they did everything they were trying to do. It was actually a pretty even fight, it's just Islam had three rounds to two, and that gets him a unanimous decision. So... Congratulations to him on that. It was a fantastic, fantastic main event. Uh, it, it, I mean, the rest of the card was great as well. It was a really, really solid pay-per-view. But uh, that's that's the main event that you, you stay up late for. And a lot of people did. And it was uh, a great watch. There was also a featherweight title fight, otherwise known as the interim belt. So it was featherweight for Volkanovsky. I, I never can seem to. I get them confused sometimes. I say the wrong ones. But I said the right one that time. Yair Rodriguez gets the submission win late in round number two over Josh Emmett. First off, let's, let's stop this narrative right here. The narrative that, well, Josh, Josh Emmett is, now he's 37, 38. Yeah, he's getting really old. I don't know if he'll get another run at the top, um, another title shot. I don't know if he'll rebound enough to stop. Just stop. He wasn't outclassed here. Yair got him well, and and uh, the two of them were doing a uh, a really good job. Yair did have a speed advantage, but uh, and he definitely won the fight. I mean, beyond the submission. But I, I think Josh Emmett still is very much. I mean, triangle chokes are, are no joke. We've seen arm triangles on this card. We've seen we've seen triangle, all kinds of stuff. So. Great for Yair, he he keeps his featherweight belt. Uh, not sure who his next opponent should be, that's not for me to decide, but if you guys wanna tell us, in all those places I said you could contact us, please do that. Send us a message, tell us who you think Yair Rodriguez should defend against next. There are talks of people going up to featherweight. There are, we know Volkanovski's coming back down, so clearly Volk and Yair, to me, should be the next fight. And for Josh Emmett, um, I would say if he fights, I think he was number five. By the way, uh, I think he still deserves a top five title, a top five fight, fight somebody else in the top five, and uh, if he wins that, I think he's right back in contention. I do think, you know, after after Yair and Volk fight, I want to see, I want to see a different contender up there. We'll see what happens with that. Um, And I guess we're about three or four months away from that showdown. Also showcased on this card was Jack Della Maddalena. We got the submission win over Randy Brown. That was a rear naked choke, two minutes into round number one. Man. JDM, he looked spectacular. And actually Randy Brown didn't look bad, but when he gave up his back, Jack della Madalena pounced, and uh, it, it, it was all over right there because uh, he he had the hooks in, and it was done. Um, Madalena is is a force in the welterweight division. I'm looking for him to do some really really bigger fights here soon. But uh, Randy Brown's no slouch, so uh, great win for Jack, and I look forward to seeing what he will do going forward. Also on the main card, Justin Taffa with the KO victory over Parker Porter. One minute into round number one, it was a stoppage because of punches. It was a punch that started the whole thing, but uh, Taffa, he, he come out with something to prove, and he caught Parker Porter in some situations that Parker did not want to find himself in and he ultimately Tapa ends up with the victory because of it. I look forward to seeing that heavyweight division. It may be a bunch of people you've never heard of, a, a bunch of people you're not familiar with, but <laughs> that heavyweight division is getting deeper and deeper by the minute. Uh, and then lastly, Jimmy Crute and Alonzo Menafield end up in a draw. Same thing there. It ended up with the point deduction and things like that. And uh, it just is what it is. But uh, this is one fight. Let's, let's run this back. Jimmy Cruz versus Alonzo Menafield, Let's run this one back in the light heavyweight division. I uh, very much want to see it again. And I think you guys do too. And I think at that point, we will not see a draw. Uh, big win by... Josh Kulibau, Kledson Rodriguez, Jane Bellarkey, uh, Loma Luke Bume had a big win over Elise Reed, and uh, Blake Builder over Shane Young. That was a uh, uh, solid fight, solid fight for sure. UFC can put them together. I mean, granted, they have a roster of, of 500 fighters, so you would hope so, but it's not easy to put the right ones together. Sometimes they, they, they think they have them right. Sometimes they just randomly put two people together, and it works or it don't work or whatever it is. Uh, it's still quite spectacular. But that leads us to UFC Fight Night. Jessica Andrade. Andraj, rather. I'm used to Andrade from wrestling. My apologies, Jessica. Jessica Andrade. Versus Aaron Blanchfield. This is the women's flyweight main event, and it absolutely deserves to be the main event. Andrade is the minus one forty favorite, plus one fifteen for Aaron Blanchfield. I don't know if you can pick a winner. As close as everything is, uh, you would think Andrade would have the advantage, but uh, Aaron Blanchfield wants to knock off. I mean, she's, she's ten to one for a reason. 10-1 for a reason. I think these two ladies are going to showcase uh, their striking. I think they are really going to uh, try to just stand and, and trade blows for the longest for as long as they can. Um, man, it is hard to pick right there. I am going to, I think I picked against Jessica drives last time and it burned me. I really want to pick Blanchfield, but I'm going to say Jessica Andrade is going to win this, and uh, the winner of this, regardless, should be in a should be in a uh, higher contention for sure. The co-main event; these are all on ESPN Plus, by the way. The co-main event is Jordan Wright versus Zach Pogga uh, Paga? Paga. in the light heavyweight division. Paulga is a minus two seventy favorite, plus two ten for Jordan Wright. I will take Zach Paulga. It should be pretty fun. I just I feel like Paulga is is uh, he's got more momentum right now, and I think he's going to catch Jordan Wright in some some bad situations, and uh, it's it's going to end the fight. I know these sound just blanket statements, but. You guys will see he'll it, it kind of back him into a corner and he's going to try to end the fight that way. That's up number 3 on the main card, Josh Parisian versus Jamal Pokes in the heavyweight division. This is going to be a slobberknocker. You get anytime the heavyweights get together, it is like two cinder blocks or cinder block hands rather just wailing on each other. Uh, I give the advantage The advantage is probably to Jamal, but I think Parisian is going to find a way to win this fight. He's a plus 200, by the way, if you want to throw down some ducats, uh, maybe with our friends at betonline.net, if you are in a place where you can do so. If not, still go check them out. We'll talk about them in a minute. So go check them out and be a uh, smarter fan. Uh, But I'm taking Parisian in that one. Matchup number four, William Knight, is going to take on Marcine uh, Procneo in the light heavyweight division. I like Procneo in the fight. William Knight is the minus 120 favorite, plus 100 for Procneo. It sounds pretty even at this point. Like I said, I'm going to take Marcine in that one. I think it's going to be a pretty fun fight. And finally, ageless wonder, Jim Miller, is a plus 200 dog to Alexander Hernandez, who is a minus 250. How many has he had? That is 51 official fights for Jim Miller. He has about every UFC record there is as far as longevity and wins and things like that. Uh, I'm taking Ageless Wonder. Give me Jim Miller. In fact, there's a chance he he wins by submission or something random. But uh, that's who I'm taking in that. Other fun fights to to watch out for early in the night. Lena Landsberg taking on... uh, Myra Bueno Silva, Bueno Silva is a big favorite, but it uh, should be a fun fight in the women's phantom weight there. You got Jamal Emmers is taking on Kusine Askebob. That should be fun in the featherweight division. They are pretty even on the uh the ducat numbers there. And this this whole card is going to open up with Clayton Carpenter, who is 6 and 0, versus a 4 and 1, Juan Camilo Roderos. Roderos, Roderos. We'll go with Roderos in the flyweight division. That's going to be a fun fight. That's all on ESPN Plus. Make sure to check it out. And that kind of concludes our UFC talk. Let's talk about Bellator 2.90. Bellator 2.90 was Ryan Bader versus Fedor Amelianenko 2. And it did not disappoint. It was very quick. It did not disappoint. Did pretty good on my picks on this, by the way. Ryan Bader, uh, he, he was quicker. He was more aggressive. It seemed like Fedor was trying to pick his spots, and Vader was just not giving him opportunities to do so. This thing ends uh, pretty early into the fight. Ryan Vader gets the TKO victory. Fedor walks off into the sunset. That was his official retirement fight. You know, a lot of people, when they say it's their retirement fight, it's like they've already checked out. And uh, Fedor did not look like he, he had already checked out. I give him that credit and all the legends that were on hand to help him ride into the sunset were uh, spectacular you can go back and see all the the videos and the pictures of all the people there just um, the respect that everybody has for the last Emperor uh, just incredible and uh, it was on CBS the whole main car was on CBS which just showcased great Bellator talent and it showcased how great these guys are. let's go to the co-main event where Johnny Eblin gets the decision win over Anatoly Tokov I picked Tokov this is one of the few I think I missed but uh Johnny Eblin, man he come alive he started slow in this fight and then he come alive and just made it to where Anatoly just did not have a chance to catch up on the scorecard and Eblin improves to 13 and 0 I mean, Tokov is 31-3, and three, by the way. But this uh, just great fight, I don't want to see it run back. I mean, I would, but that, that there's no reason to do that. Eblen should move on to bigger and better things. He is the middleweight champion. Uh, I would like to see who they put against him now. And Anatoly will still get a top fight. I'm not worried about him at all. Uh, Brennan Ward gets the TKO win over Saba Hamasi. This was a good performance. Uh, Brennan, uh, Hamasi just, it looked like he got caught a little flat footed and it looked like, or he got caught on his back foot a little bit and Brennan Moore took advantage and ended the fight. Uh, But that was the entire, that was the main card. It was all on CBS. It was uh, fantastic. Just uh, if you get a chance to go back and rewatch it, please do. Uh, I'm not sure if CBS has it on demand or anything, but I'm sure you can find it on some other platform. Uh, go back and watch it. It's it was really really good fight card. And I think it is next week. Yep, it is actually going to be next week that Bellator 291 will be at the Three Arena in Dublin Ireland where your main event is going to be Yaroslav Amosov defending his welterweight world title against Logan Storley you got 26-0 versus 14-1 and, and these are two of the most fun fighters in Bellator I can't wait to see it here's the co-main event in the featherweight division Pedro Cavallo is taking on Jeremy Kennedy then you get Peter Queeley versus Bryce Logan, and you get uh, Sinead Kavanaugh versus Janae Harding, and Saron uh, Clark versus Kerr Harvey. Those are all potential main events, and they would be if Amasov and Storley were not the main card, but we will talk more about that card next week. And now we will jump into the world of the PFL Challenger series. Let's start with week number two, which was the women's featherweights. Uh, you had Levy versus Sandaiush, was the main event. You had Michelle versus Martins. You had Cataline versus Van uh, Van Van did Verdonk. Van de Verdonk. Montague versus Woods. Uh, of course, the celebrity panel because the way the PFL challenge series works is the celebrity panel all votes on what it is is you have all four fights and all four of those winner of those four winners, the celebrity panel votes and then it counts so much and the fan vote uh, counts. I think each one counts individually, and the fan vote counts as the fourth vote, and the great Ray Cefo is the tiebreaker, and a lot of times it's going to be a tiebreaker. The panel for week number two was Randy Couture, the natural Randy Couture, Tyron Woodley, and uh, by remote, Paige Van Zant. I think those three people are more than qualified to judge fights, and uh, they did a fantastic job. And off of her spectacular victory, because it was spectacular, uh, your winner was Amanda Levy. She ends up As your puncher's Chance Challenger Series winner, she got signed to a uh, contract. And congratulations to her. She is officially in the PFL. Uh, I believe everybody in the Challenger Series is signed to a contract. But I think to be on some of the main cards, you need to uh, win these competitions. Because in week number three, we got the heavyweights. And these guys were bringing it. You had the main event of Marquez versus Hilton. You had Resende versus Pinson. You had Badley versus Graham. And you had Sutherland versus Meeks. Now, I think it is Sutherland, if I'm not mistaken, that is the vanilla gorilla. You guys may remember him. He is. Uh, some spectacular fights. Uh, gorilla put on a show. Uh, a couple others put on a great show. Your panel for week number three was Frank Mir. It was Vitor Belfort. And it was, by remote, Kurt Angle. I know what a lot of you guys are probably going to say, oh, Kurt Angle, the pro wrestler. Well, here's some things you may or may not know about Kurt Angle. Besides wrestling and winning a gold medal at the 1996 Olympic Games here in Atlanta with a broken neck, also trained and actually had a handful of MMA fights while still wrestling so uh, Kurt's a big sports combat sports fan and student Uh, now of course it comes down to the vote out of all the great fights like I said I, I thought I thought vanilla gorilla was gonna get it he was in the running but ultimately Ultimately, it was Babley who ended up with, it was uh, Abraham Babley is the men's heavyweight challenger series champion. He gets signed to the PFL and he's going to do some fantastic things. That led us to week number four, which is the one coming up this week. It is the lightweights. This will be on Friday, 9 p.m. on Fubo Sports Network. It's also live in Orlando if you can get down there and get tickets. Uh, but your lightweights competing this weekend are Espinoza versus Furhawk Bogovic. Bogovic? Oops. Bogovic. Furhawk Bogovic. We've got Sousa versus Eli, Caruso versus Romero. And Decca versus Aguaro. Aguaro, rather. Apparently, I can't read the uh, they announced they did announce the panel. The panel this week is the return of Tyron Woodley, the return of Vitor Belfort, and by remote, Michael Carter Williams. That is uh, quite the panel as well. They never say, uh, we never know who the judges are going to be, so uh, it's always fun, but definitely tune in to see How that is all going to shake out Uh, I told you guys not just because I covered the PFL events for a couple weeks here in Atlanta Uh, the PFL man they they know how to put on an event they know how to take care of everything I didn't see one fight in the stands every the only combat we saw was in the cage they just they put on such a professional event Um, I, I was just blown away with, with how well they run their their shows. Um, uh, we'd love to eventually co- uh, see UFC live and Bellator live if they come down this way. But um, go watch PFL, go watch UFC this weekend, Bellator's going to be next weekend. There's going to be a lot of fun combat action. But for now, we are going to go... To a short break where we're going to tell you about our friends at BetOnline.net and when we come back we will talk some professional wrestling including two big pay-per-views that happened uh, in the past week. We'll be right back after this. Hey, this is Jeremy the Impact Dork from the Impact Media Family of Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Make sure to visit our friends at betonline.net. They've got the betting lines, the wagering lines. The, they're, they're competitive, too. They're not just throwing out there. They, no, they're they are right there with all the other sites you hear. And uh, besides that, they have the articles. They have the podcasts. All the ways to make you a better, more educated fan. You'll win all your debates. So if you're in a place where you can... Uh, wager on games then they are a great resource if you're in a place where uh, you choose not to or you cannot legally wager on games then they still have all that information like i said to make you a better more educated fan visit betonline.net and tell them impact media sent you they love to hear that and we love to hear from them that you told them that we really do talk to them the first part of the show, talking some UFC, the past couple of events, and previewing this weekend's fight night and Drive versus Blandfield. Uh, we talked some Bellator, talked a little uh, Fedor versus Vader 2. They got another event coming up next week in Ireland. It's gonna be fantastic. And the PFL, of course, have had the Challenger series week two and three. We talked about the winners and the panels and previewed this week's. Uh, Week 4 matchup, which should be another fun one. These are eight people that are trying to get the bigger contract, and uh, this tournament format is uh, something else. But now we jump into the road of professional wrestling. And I'm going to start with the Elimination Chamber and kind of the aftermath that I see from that. And that will kind of be the Raw and SmackDown portion of this. actually not the elimination, er, no the elimination chamber is coming up this weekend and I'm going to preview that right now. It is in Montreal, Canada, the home of one of these competitors and we will get into that uh, here in a second. First one we'll start with there is a singles match Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. I don't know why this is not a WrestleMania match. I know they faced it like SummerSlam last year, but my goodness, these this this is this is Godzilla King Kong. They're gonna destroy each other and everything at ringside ringside. Um I would normally take Brock in about any debate that you wanna have but I feel like Brock is starting to get into that part of his career where he is going to start putting over talent a little more and I think Bobby Lashley is that guy he sees as can kind of take some some of the reins of where he is there so I'm actually going to say Bobby Lashley if this is if this is not a no contest if there's an actual winner I think Bobby Lashley finds a way to win this and I think it should be a lot of fun because Brock doesn't need the momentum going into WrestleMania and uh, Lashley could use a little bit of a bump. I don't know exactly what he'll get into. But I will take Bobby Lashley over Brock Lesnar. We go to a mixed tag team match where Edge and Beth Phoenix are going to take on Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio, of course, will be down at ringside, which will probably have something to do with the ending. Um, Edge and Beth look like they're in fantastic shape. Finn Balor's always in good shape. I, I just I, I got to go with the prevailing thought that that I've read and and that I agree with, and and I've said myself. In fact, um, uh, one of my one of my real good buddies, who's not much of a wrestling fan, told me the other day that he just happened to be flipping through, happened to catch a real Ripley match, and was just blown away. Not only uh, her look, but he's he's like she just she out wrestled everybody in the ring, and I was like, yeah, she. Rhea Ripley is what makes the Judgment Day, like, not a functioning unit, but a prevailing unit. So, uh, the Royal Rumble winner is is getting kind of a, a little bit of a, uh, a laid-back road to WrestleMania here. As uh, Now, Beth Phoenix will put her through her paces, but she's not having a uh, super over-the-top. She's not in the Elimination Chamber, for all sakes and purposes here. Uh, that being said, I, there's a chance that Edge and Beth Phoenix get the win. If they do, it will be Edge over Finn Balor. I don't see Rhea taking a loss for a lot of reasons. But uh, I think in the end, the feel-good story is Edge and Beth Phoenix takes the win. I don't know if they if they get into something at WrestleMania, maybe with Miz Maurice or something like that. Uh, or I know Edge wants to stick around. I think Beth Phoenix likes being a mom. Maybe she gets into some commentary again somewhere down the road, but uh, I don't know. We'll see what they get into. Then we get the tribal chief, Roman Reigns, with Paul Heyman. We all know that the bloodline is kind of scattered at the moment. Well, He's going to defend his undisputed universal championship against Sami Zayn. Thanks to Ariel Hawani, I've kind of had this thought that this match could take place. Uh, He he predicted at WrestleMania, he was off by a pay-per-view, but hey, the nose knows. Sami Zayn from Montreal, Montreal area. I gotta say, there is a part of me, now we know, who won the Royal Rumble, and that was Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns. Yes, sign me up 100 times out of 100. But let me just throw this wrinkle in there and see what you guys think. What if... Sammy... Through... Maybe... The Usos or Solo... Try to come down and help. Or Kevin Owens gets involved and somehow... Sammy... Um finds himself getting a win, getting the win over Roman Reigns, whether it's for the title, now this is for the title, but if he gets a uh, a different win that ends up not being for the title, what do you guys think of that being a triple threat at WrestleMania, Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn versus Cody Rhodes, does that pique your interest a little more, I think it does. Sammy Zayn is the best thing going on in WWE right now and that is not because it is a bunch of low stuff. No no no. There is a lot of great things going on in the WWE right now. Just Sami Zayn is a mile ahead of everybody else with the work he is putting in. I think Roman retains, but I feel like Sammy is gonna find himself either with a victory at the elimination chamber. Or somehow he's going to find his way into a triple threat at WrestleMania for the Universal Championship. I just, I just have a weird feeling, and and uh, I'm all for it. Big fan of all people involved, but uh, I think Sammy deserves his WrestleMania moment, and I think just being in that match is one. But the the possibilities of things you can do by adding him to that match I think I think are definitely worth the the effort there we'll go to the women's elimination chamber match where the winner of this will be the Raw uh, number one contender for Bianca Belair's championship at Wrestlemania the competitors in this one are Ashka Liv Morgan Nikki Cross Raquel Rodriguez, Natalia, and Carmella. Here's a weird thing. Let me throw this out. This is for the Raw Women's Championship. We know Rhea Ripley has already said she's going to take on Charlotte. Now Charlotte's on SmackDown. Rhea's on Raw. So that may play into some things. Uh, also, Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Natalia, and maybe even Carmella are all SmackDown people going for a Raw number one contendership. Just throwing that out there. Uh, I don't know if they want to give Raquel Rodriguez the bump for this one to have her versus Bianca, which could be pretty entertaining. Carmella just came back, but um, Carmella Bianca, that could be pretty good. Ashka, anybody is good. She, yeah, I mean, she's like Kevin Owens. She could knock a, uh, she could knock up a room. Down. In a hallway, and you would think the broom was the next world champion. Um, I want to give more credit to Liv Morgan, but I just I don't see where Liv versus Bianca is going to be a great match, and that more has to do with Bianca than Liv. I'm going to say my favorite. I mean, even Natalia. Natalia, the problem is that she loses so many times that I just don't know if she wins this match, if it adds any credibility, I want somebody to face Bianca that has enough of a bump and enough of a push to where y- you actually feel like Bianca could lose, even if she doesn't. So, marketing-wise and everything like that, I just, I feel like it's in this order. It's it's either going to be Raquel Rodriguez, Carmella, or Oshka. I just and I would actually say my favorite is Carmella of those I think Carmella going to win Raquel Rodriguez could but that's also why we tune in to see how this is going to go and here's what I do like the main event at least the way it's listed at the moment the main event is for the United States Championship and it is an Elimination Chamber match it is your defending champion Austin Theory that's Atlanta boy, shout out ATL He's going to take on Seth freaking Rollins, Johnny Gargano. Shout out to him for being in this match. That's awesome. Uh, Bronson Reed. I'm not. I got to agree with him. I'm not. I'm not sure he's going to fit in one of those pies. I, I guess he's going to start the match. Uh, Damian Priest. He's he's going to be pretty close in there too. They're they're not super tall, and Montez Ford. That the only reason he's in the match is so that he can jump off of things because I, I don't think he's going to win at all. It'd be completely dumb for him to do so. Um, so it's pretty much between Theory, Rollins. I don't even think Damian Priest. I, I think the the third choice, honestly, Johnny Gargano would be a great choice. I was going to say Bronson Reed, but uh, Johnny Wrestling as the U.S. Champion normally the intercontinental and or US title uh, a lot of times are rewards for being great wrestlers like company rewards those people the people who are holding it just look back at history you'll see them um so if Theory doesn't retain I just feel like Seth Rick and Rollins is is maybe Theory and Rollins face off at Wrestlemania and that could be really, really fantastic they've they faced a bunch of times already but um, Johnny Gargano he, he he's another one that is he's earned a potential to have a big Wrestlemania moment and what could be bigger than being the United States Champion walking into Wrestlemania I'm going to say Johnny Wrestling give me Johnny Wrestling in the Elimination Chamber Let's move on to NXT Vengeance Day. This happened uh, about a week ago. For the most part, this thing went about as chalk as it possibly could have. There are some moments worth mentioning. I do want to say shout-out to Charlotte for doing some amazing hype work early on. And uh, I thought she did a really good job of uh, hyping things up and all. They started off with the NXT North American title match where Wesley took on Dijak. I like the new incarnation of Dijak. It is a lot more of like what he did in Ring of Honor. This is turned up a little bit in a different direction. But um, one of the main moments of this one is when Dijak uh, dislocated part of his finger and it looked pretty gnarly. I'm sure he's gotten it fixed since then, but it was where about half his finger was still straight, and the other half was uh, making about a 45-degree angle in a different direction. Uh, pretty pretty gnarly looking, it really was. Uh, in the end, Wesley defeats DiJack. Really good match. Dijak can more than hold his own. The fact that Tony D'Angelo and Stax were down there and distracted him a little bit... Um, It just means they've they've got other plans for them. And I look for Wesley to take on a competitor that will really, really challenge him, potentially for the belt here soon. Uh, Good overall match, though. I give him that. Good overall match. You have the women's tag team title match where Fallon Henley and Kiana James with Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs. And they took on KC Squared, otherwise known as Katana Chance and Caden Carter, who had held the belts for quite a while. Um, this turned into a spot fest, and not necessarily in a bad way. Uh, but there was a lot of fun little moments here and there, but overall it was just a uh, very choppy match. There wasn't a, not a, not a lot of smooth transitions and continuity, but in the end... We have new women's tag team champions, as Fallon, Henley, and Kiana James uh, are your new champs. It's interesting. I don't I understand moving it off of KC Squared. I'm a fan of KC Squared. Uh, I like this other team, too. At least it's not two main eventers that you slap together. These, uh, these two kind of have a little bit of a story. They've been tagging together a little bit. They are interesting people to have at the championships, that's fine. You know, don't have a problem there or anything. I just want to know with, uh, what you're going to do with KC Squared now. Because if you split them, I feel like at least one of them will probably not be with the company much longer. Um, I don't know contract situations, but they're a really good team. I don't think they'd get called up, per se, because they are very tag-centric if they're not a tag team I don't know how long they stick around at the moment. They're both good singles competitors but they really started to get the tag thing down and uh, we'll just have to see what happens. I did move on to the two out of three falls where it was Car- Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams against Apollo Cruz. I didn't see this coming. Normally you get a two out of three falls uh, one gets a fall, the other gets a fall, and then you you get the big finale. Well, Carmelo Hayes goes two and zero on Apollo Cruz, and uh, it was good. It was it was quite good. I think Carmelo Hayes should be. They they're kind of moving him in the direction of being the next Braun Breaker opponent. Um, spoiler alert for when we talk later. But. It's gonna bring up. It's gonna bring up a point I'm gonna make up. Then, uh, this match had a lot of potential and it just didn't quite li- live up to the hype. But Hayes definitely earned the victory, and uh, just I don't. I, I guess Cruz is just there as as enhancement talent now. I don't really know his direction. But uh, good for Hayes. Hayes is a really, really solid performer. We had the NXT Tag Team Title Match where the New Day, Pretty Deadly, Chase You and Gallus all were in a uh, quite the quite the Donny book. It was a brawl. There was uh, big spots all over. They they really were telling a great story about four teams battling for this. In the end, it was who I thought should have won, and that's Gallus. Gallus is somebody who can take this tag division in a different direction and lead them forward. The New Day can go back to being on SmackDown, Raw, whatever they want to do. Uh, It was good to have them down here, but uh, Gallus definitely the people that uh, need to be the, the champs, at least moving forward. We go to the women's title match where Roxanne Perez took on Gigi Dolan and J.C. Jane in a triple threat. Uh, there will be an update right after this. Dolan and Jane did come out together. They It was pretty much a two-on-one for a while. And then they started to get in each other's way. They started to realize that to be the NXT Women's Champion, it's not champions. Only one person can hold that belt. So, uh, They eventually started to get in each other's way, as I said. And Perez was able to hit the Pop Rocks off the top rope. On uh, JC Jane and win and retain the title. Now, the update this past week, not this week, this past week, last week on NXT, we had Ding Dong Hello, where Bailey, uh, in, a, in a sling, by the way, she's, she's messed up her arm a little bit, she had her talk show where she had Gigi Dolan and J.C. Jane and they were showing their solidarity and then they once again started to get in each other's way and it ultimately le- led to a very rockers like split up where J.C. Jane super kicked Gigi Dolan who started to cry. Maybe she cried because it was hurting. Um, she had some pretty crazy, pretty gnarly bruising that we saw on Instagram and other things a little later on. But um, J.C. Jane pretty much threw her into the, the ding-dong hello door. And uh, looks like Toxic Attraction is officially gone. And you you got to think they probably had another good solid couple months run in them had Mandy Rose not been let go and as a tag team it just was I guess they decided to split them so we will see what happens with that what usually happens is they fight each other a couple times and then one leaves the company so we'll see what happens that led us to the NXT title steel cage match where braun breaker took on Grayson Waller Julie really thought this was the opportunity where Grayson Waller could Uh, take the proverbial ball and run with it and he had a lot of chances and you guys know I'm I'm a big fan of of Braun because I've known him before his NXT days Uh, I know his family a little bit I'm not friends with him or anything like that but uh, I've crossed paths with his family a lot and uh, Braun ends up retaining I just felt like this was the chance. Grayson Waller is is turning into that master heel, that big performer that when the lights are on, he shines the brightest. I felt like this very much was his match and that Braun was the co-pilot. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no shot at Braun for that. I just, somebody has got to beat Braun at some point and I thought Grayson Waller would have been the right one. Now, as I said, Carmelo Hayes has become the number one contender. But also think about this. Braun is a face. He's a baby face. We know that. There's a, you know, normally if there's going to be a title change, then there's there's a, a bigger number... Of one than the other a lot of times so if you have a lot of faces they're usually all chasing a master heel if you have a lot of heels they are chasing a master face well Braun is a master face he continues to beat a lot of the master heels that's why Carmelo Hayes is up next um, here's my thing that's the personal of Hayes I think Waller is better than Carmelo Hayes not by much Hayes can also be a a, a pretty good master heel I just, regardless if he if he is able to defeat Braun Breaker, I feel like Waller and or Carmelo Hayes could be called up to the main roster soon. I actually say, it's something personal to Trick. I think Trick stays in NXT. I would bring up Carmelo Hayes and I would put him with the Hurt Business. I would let MVP and Shelton and Cedric really put their influence on him and that guy could be a super down the road but in the end braun breaker wins uh, no no crazy ropes breaking or any dumb crap like that um, but in the end vintage state was pretty good it just like I said it was it was so much chalk that it just I don't know. It, it could have been so much better. I, I'll put it that way. It just could have been so much better. I, like I said, I felt like a, a couple of things could have went in another direction. It could have been great. But instead, it was uh, it, it was still pretty solid. Um, let's get into AEW Dynamite from last week. As Konoshka uh, Tekesta. Remember, I'm working on those. He took on MJF. This is a really good match. Man, they think very highly of Tekashta, and they should. This guy could be really, really good down the road. Uh, they are doing the right things in grooming him and bringing him along the way he is. He is getting solid uh, chances, even when he's coming up short. He's winning a lot of them, but he's, he's coming up short here and there somewhere it Could be a year from now, he could really be in a title picture, and uh, it's going to be great. But MJF wins with that one. Uh, my comment for that one was just wow. These two annihilated each other, and it was just it was great. A great way to start off dynamite. Uh, Danielson ended up coming down for the save on Takeshita, which is going to sell MJF Danielson. We know that. Uh, They followed that up with The Bunny with Penelope Ford, taking on Jamie Hayter with Rebel and Britt Baker. Of course, Hayter wins that match, but uh, I'm not sure if The Bunny took a—that match seemed to end a little early. It looked like The Bunny took a shot either to the nose or the eye area, and it was uh, directly affecting her very, very much. Uh, I hope she is okay. I hope it is nothing super serious, and if it is, I hope she gets a speedy recovery. She just has come back, her and Penelope Ford. Um, Hater did not do it on purpose. It was just the way that uh, the particular moment happened. But uh, either way, we wish the bunny the best. Uh, still love to have her on this show. I know that's somebody you guys have said you'd want on this show, and I agree. Uh, Hater as well, and Penelope Ford, we You guys want a lot of people on here, by the way, and and we're going to work on that. But a good win for the champ, Hater, and we'll see where she goes from that. Uh, Ricky Starks had to go through the gauntlet where he had to beat Cool Hand Angelo Parker, and he did that. Then he rolled up Daddy Magic Matt Menard. Uh, Then, with the help of Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho, who was in a luchador mask, he'd been sitting at ringside for 40 minutes at this point, uh... He gives a Judas effect elbow to Ricky Starks, and uh, Daniel Garcia ends up with the victory in that one, which means Ricky Starks will not get to face Jericho at the moment. Somewhere that's that's going to be that payoff's going to be good. Uh, Roosh with MJF took on Brian Danielson. Uh, Roosh and Danielson man, they. You guys ever watch Family Guy? I'm sure some of you guys watch Family Guy. Have you guys ever seen any of the episodes where Peter Griffin battles the giant chicken? And they fight for like half the episode and it just gets ridiculous. That is this match. Uh, Danielson-Rouche could be a main event anywhere. And uh, Danielson, of course, gets the win. But my... Goodness, Roosh is off the charts amazing. And I already knew that, but he just continues to prove where he's at. And he is is a top-tier performer. Talk about somebody when the lights are on, they shine the brightest. It is Roosh. Absolutely Roosh. Um, We got to see Murray and uh, Q from... from Impractical Jokers, they apparently had a episode with Chris Jericho on it, and they had his bat, and then the JAS showed up and put the two of them through a table. Interesting spot, Uh, God bless them for taking that table spot, that was uh, really crazy. Uh, Then we got to see the Trios Championships defended as the Elite took on Top Flight and AR Fox. This was... There were bodies everywhere. All six of these guys are top notch, and even though the the Elite retained, uh, it would not surprise me if they take about a week off to try to heal up because these six just put on a spectacular show. Spectacular show. And then the acclaimed... Took on defended their tag belts against the Gun Club, or the Guns, or what Billy Guns kids. Uh, Billy was not out there initially. The Guns tried to do some underhanded things, and that ultimately they ended up with the victory. So your new AEW Tag Team Champions are the Guns. It was about time for the Acclaim to lose them. Uh, they they don't need them to be super popular and super over like they are. It was fun that they had them, but I would like to see the tag belts kind of move around a little bit and do a little bit more with the division. Uh, The Acclaimed can do their own thing and be great. You know, it's kind of like... uh, I can't think of a good thing. It's like a magician at a circus. Uh, The circus would like to have the magician, but the magician does not necessarily need the circus. You know what I mean? The Acclaimed... Are great with the tag belts, but they don't necessarily have to have the belts to do the things they do well. But congratulations to the guns. We move on to AEW Rampage, where it opens up with Claudio Castanoli, Wheeler Yuta and John Moxley taking on The Butcher, The Blade, and Kip Sabian. Once again, six performers who absolutely understand their objective, and uh, I'll be honest, the more I see the Butcher of the Blade and Kip Sabian wrestle, the more I'll become bigger fans of theirs, that they do incredible work. Um, just spectacular, but you're not going to be Claudio yuta and Mox almost any time in particular. Uh, like I said, good solid match, but in the end, the Blackpool Combat Club get the win there if they're still calling themselves that oh well this was actually the Q and Murr table spot once again shout out to them for shout out to them for uh, taking that table spot because Wow I'll be honest I would have took the table spot But I'm kind of weird, too. But good for them on doing that. It helps plug the show. I'd be willing to bet they don't include wrestlers for a while. Because uh, one of them always gets roughed up. Um, Ruby Soho took on uh, Shafir. This is a good match. Uh, Ruby gets the win. She needs the momentum moving forward. And uh, Shafir is, is a solid wrestler. She's becoming really really good, but uh, good for Ruby Soho. I would like to see her build up. Um, her versus Hader would be fun. Uh, just, I just don't think we're ready for that. Not the performers. Performers are ready. I don't think the wrestling audience is ready for that. Uh, then we got Jack Perry took on Ryan Nemeth. Ryan Nemeth is, is uh, Dolph Ziggler's little brother. I see little. They're about the same size, but uh, there, there's a lot of similarities, and man, they are both Great performers. Jack Perry, of course, wins. I want to see what they do right now. He's just doing a bunch of random stuff. If they want to pair him up with Hook, that's fine. If they don't want to pair him up with Hook, that's fine. I just I want to see what both of them are going to do because they're kind of starting to get in that weird gray area again where they're just kind of randomly there. Uh, Orange Cassidy defended his All-Atlantic Championship against Lee Moriarty. This was actually a really, really good match in the end, Orange retains, as I said, Lee Moriarty is really fun, I would like to see him face, um, you know, AR Fox, and Top Flight, and, gosh, I know what he used to go by, I can't think of his, uh, Swerve of Strickland. I would like to see those kinds of uh, matchups because uh, I think Moriarty can really shine in those. We go to Impact Wrestling. They do a qualifying match to uh, some multi-man match. They're setting up, I think, a number one contendership or something. not real sure. But uh, Brian Myers defeated Dirty Dango. It's a really good match. Uh, the Dirty Dango It's always good to have in a match. And Brian Myers had to earn that victory, but those two guys have known each other for a while, so that was a really, really good match. We had the good hands, otherwise known as Skyler and Hotch took on Tommy Dreamer and Mickey James to be a mixed tag like that to include uh, a female with three other males. I thought it was it was good; it didn't go over the top um, and I like when they uh, they don't push it so much. But in the end, um, I, I usually am just not the world's biggest fan of uh, mixing men and women in matches like that where there's contact between them. I think you're, you're just encouraging uh, the wrong things, in my opinion. But uh, Dreamer and Mickey get the win. Bully Ray comes down to try to confront Mickey. And uh, at some point, it just seems like Mickey James is going to take on... Ray. And once again, I just, I'm not the world's biggest fan of, of uh, those matchups. Steph DeLander. She looks familiar. I can't quite place her. She was in NXT at some point, I believe. Uh, but she made her debut against Jordan Grace. This was, like I say, a really good match. Uh, Jordan Grace, of course, ends up with the victory as she's with Indy Hartwell. I think that's who she is but um stephanie lander is going to be really a really good pickup for impact wrestling who continues to have one of the best women's divisions uh in uh in wrestling, we got to see killer kelly and taylor wilde take on taya valkyrie and rosemary with jessica at ringside um Looks like Wild and Killer Kelly are going to end up facing each other because they just it didn't gel as a team. It's like uh, Wild wanted to play with tarot cards as opposed to to actually wrestle in the match, and Killer Kelly just got her, her rear end stomped in because of it. Um, then James Mitchell came down and confronted Taya and Rosemary, and otherwise known as the Hex. He said he put a hex on them where Marty Bell and Allison Kay, otherwise known as the Hex, came down and attacked them. Those are two other really, really good female wrestlers to have. If you get Marty Bell and Allison K, that's going to be fun. They finally brought in a team that is solid enough to maybe face the Death Dolls and make it a really good contest, a good established team. Shira with Raj Singh took on PCO in a qualifier match. PCO ended up with a win there. Is really good. Um, they better hang on to him as a talent and let him go somewhere else because he could shine if he does. And I would like to see him be able to be built up a little bit and uh, do some, some fun things. Maybe uh, as much as I, I like the digital media champion that we'll get into in a minute. Uh, maybe maybe have Shara do something like that. Uh, there it is. Matt Cardona took on Joe Hendry for his belt, of course. The or the digital media championship, or the internet champion—I forgot what they actually call it. It's it's a play on what Cardona did during the lockout. I mean the the pandemic lock-in, I guess. Um, Hendry had a new song about Cardona uh, that was hilarious. They included uh, Edge as part of the tagline. Uh, Brian Myers come down and tried to help Cardona. Moose come down and tried to help Cardona. And in the end, Joe Hendry, who I believe in and you believe in too, uh, retains, keeps his belt. And yes, I see that Joe Hendry is on towards the top of the list. Of people you guys want on here. We're going to reach out and see what we can do about that. We really are. Uh, That moves us to New Japan. Where they had Wrestle Kingdom 17. Where the stars of Pro Wrestling Noah. Came over to the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And they had a lot of company versus company matches. And an interesting situation happened. They showed two of these matches. An interesting thing happened in the first one. So they start off on TV, and, and I understand on TV that uh, you, you can't control what you show. Uh, it was Okada and uh, Tochi Makabe from New Japan versus Pro Wrestling Noah's uh, Kaito, Kigomaya, and Yoshiki Inamura. This thing ends in a no contest, and the announcers were going pretty crazy about it. And they were on hand for this, not like they were dubbing this over. Uh, the referee should have stopped this a long time back. Very early into the match, Okada has a rear chin lock or something like that on, Not I don't remember which one, on one of the Noah guys. And uh, the other guy gets in to kind of like kick him in the back so that he releases it. And the referee's trying to get him out of the ring, and uh, he, he kind of released it. He doesn't have it on. He's not he's not hurting the guy. He's not locked it on. He's not trying to injure somebody, something like that. But the guy took exception to him not breaking it, so he kicked him again. And he kicked him harder. And then um, about the time Okada was going to break it, he legit kicked him in the right above the eye. Looked like it knocked him loopy for a minute. Cut above Okada's eye. And then it was on a lot of stiff shots to each other they uh at one point okada had a front guillotine on on the other guy i mean they legit were trying to hurt each other and taking some bad liberties with each other enough to where makabe and the other guy got tried to get in between them because they started to see whoa 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 this this is not part of the show here they were legit trying to injure each other and uh just whew. Luckily they got each other they got them away from each other. Now the Noah guy grabs the microphone and he's like, "Hey, Okada. How about we settle this one on one?" And Okada just just threw his hand up and walked off and um, clearly these two companies have got to get on the same page because it's nice to do cross promotion, but god, you can't have your two champions taking liberties with each other like that. That's how people get really injured and uh If you guys don't know the story of of what kind of stunted Rosemary from Impact Wrestling, what kind of stunted her wrestling career a little bit a couple years ago, uh, look that up. A very unprofessional moment that probably cost her a more prosperous career. She's done quite well since, but uh, ridiculous situation. Which I lost a lot of respect for another wrestler that I was a big fan of. And then it was a, uh, each member of a different faction, one with Noah that ended up with uh, Kino, who took on Naito, who, of course, is part of or is the leader of Los Ignorables de Japón. And uh, they had went two, two, two and two, each member, you know, getting two vic- they get two victories in each group. Uh, these two, yeah, there were some times they maybe threw a few stiff shots in there, but they were way more professional about it. In the end, Naito gets the win. Kino is a very good performer. I have never, had never seen him up until then. He was a great performer. I very much enjoyed him. But uh, more importantly, at the end, as Naito was talking, Keiji Muto come down. The veteran. And everybody knows that probably more than likely, I don't know if it was officially announced, but his next match will probably be his last. And uh, he grabbed a microphone as Naito was walking off. And he, he said, Naito, come here. Kind of paraphrasing the... talk there, and Naito comes back down, looks at him, he says, uh, you know, hey, I got a lot of respect for you, and uh, Muto says, uh, thank you, and he says, for my last match, I'm facing you, he didn't say, I want to face you, he didn't say, hey, would you like to face me, he said, I'm facing you, Naito, and Naito, he had an interesting look on his face, Granted, he probably knew about this, but still, that's that's a heck of a compliment. That, you know, this would be like, this would be like if Randy Orton or John Cena or Dave Batista, or any of those were to say, Hey, or Triple H, hey, um, my last, my next match is my last match ever. Then I'm done. And, you know, let's say it's Triple H. And Triple H comes and interrupts. Who would be the Naito of this? Um, bad comparison because these two are in different places in their companies, but it'd be like if Triple H interrupted Theory and said, my last match is going to be with you, Austin Theory. It's a heck of a, of a nod and a heck of a bump, and I think it's going to happen in a couple weeks at the Tokyo Dome. Because initially, Naito was like, well, I mean, I don't know. And it, and then uh, Muto said, hey, we're going to headline the Tokyo Dome in a couple weeks at the big event. I don't know the name of it, but I would tell you. Uh, this is best be saying that. And, uh, you know, hey, it's up on February 25th, I think is what it is, which means we'll probably see it a couple weeks after that. And Naito says, you know what? For you, I'll keep my schedule open. Meaning that's about as good as a, a yes from Naito as you're gonna get. But overall, such a great moment. Uh, hopefully they sorted out the difference with the stiff shots with the, the champions there. And I uh, said that's, that's for one, that's about as unprofessional as I've ever seen Okada act but it's totally warranted when you get a stiff kick that cuts above your eye early on in what should be just a fun tag match. But, on to bigger, better, and more fun things. But we're at the end of tonight's show. This has been another great edition of Strong Style. So much great action coming up. Elimination Chamber is this weekend. You've got the PFL Challenger Series on Friday. Uh, UFC Fight Night Blanchfield versus Andrage on uh, Saturday ESPN. Plus. I think Fubo TV for PFL Elimination Chamber is on Peacock, among other places. So much great action going on. Uh, make sure to follow at the Impact 99 because Friday will be the opening game for Rugby ATL. I will be there, have all kinds of fun things going on with the social media accounts for that. And uh, actually Saturday is the Atlanta Mission 5K. It's one of the oldest, one of the longest 5K, it's the longest 5K I've ever done. It raises money to help the homeless to end homelessness in Atlanta. Uh, And uh, appreciate everybody's thoughts and prayers and support there will see exactly how fit i am by the time that happens but uh until next time this has been another edition of strong style we will see you guys next week deuces gooses go watch wrestling go watch fighting